Happy Monday, everyone. It's Felicia Atlas here again, ready to deliver a dosage and a dimension of greatness today. Um, I have been so excited this week. It is the week of Christmas. It is the week and um, coming upon the day that we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And um, I don't get too much into... um, you know, the hype of the actual holiday and and the celebratory factors that come along with it. But I do take the time to enjoy the Lord and to worship him and to praise him even the more, especially going into a new year, especially going into a new season. I prepare my mind to accept the greatness that he has for me, to accept the promises that he has for me, and to get into the word and understand who he is even the more, that the next season would be more blessed, that the next season would be more intense, that the next season of my life would be more great, that I could walk into a new level of greatness as he would reveal and as he would bestow upon me through his grace, his love, and his kindness in the name of Jesus. So just remember that this week that he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I heard a man of God say um, on a teaching the other day (laughs) that a baby wasn't born, a king was born. Just imagine he wasn't a baby when he was born, he was a king. But I'm going to get into the recap. Um, I've been spending some time with the Lord and he brought some things together for me that I didn't see coming. And we're still talking about vision. We're still talking about sight. We're still talking about understanding, grasping the concept of why it's important to operate in the vision of God for your life in order to attain greatness. You cannot get to greatness without having a vision. And I can't wait till we close out the vision portion of these podcast episodes, because after we close out vision, we get to work, we get to the nitty gritty, we actually begin to build, to begin to manifest, but we don't want to be blind leaders of the blind. We don't want to walk into anything aimlessly. We want to have our sights set. We want to have our sights set on greatness. So after this vision, um, dimension has been completed or um, paused for a moment because we will have to come back to vision as we get to the next level in our manifestation phase. You always want to come back and revisit what you built. Just like me with the businesses that I have, I'll build something, I'll create it, and then I'll go back and analyze and take a new look at, at what's happening. Even as the eagle, when the eagle soars, when the eagle takes new heights, it does so at quick speeds. The ego has an accelerative anointing, a special speed, a swiftness about them that when they see, they're sure, they're certain. However, the next time they mount up or the next time they launch out or the next time that they attempt to um, feed themselves or attain a, a particular objective, they remember what they saw previously and they do not forget because their sight has a memory faculty that allows them to see beyond our wildest expectations. So once again, the Lord has not released me to talk about the beauty of in the vision of the eagle, but we will get into that maybe next week. Maybe that'll be our new year's um, revelation as we go into the new year. But today is December 21st, 2020, and we're going to get some greatness today. I guarantee it. Not only are we going to get some greatness today, we're going to get a gift. We're going to get a special gift for Christmas today, and it's going to be through the revelation of the word of God. And today I have titled this episode, The Birthing of the Vision, to give honor to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this week. And because it's a few days before Christmas, 
it came right at a at the, at the perfect timing because like I said, God has been dealing with me about some things and I didn't see it unfolding the way that it's been unfolding these last few days um, for this particular episode. But he was dealing with me about um, the grace that he will reveal to his people and that he will um, deliver to his people grace, which is a a power to sustain. Grace is a power to elevate, to sustain. There are so many different explanations, excuse me, of what grace actually is, but it's mind blowing. If I were to get into that right now, it would take hours and I still wouldn't be able to complete the teaching. <coughs> excuse me. But grace is an unimaginable factor of operation. It's everything that Christ is. It's everything that God intended it to be because it has a miracle anointing. It's a miracle anointing that encompasses us so much to where we're transformed into the image of someone that we can't even see. We're transformed into the image of his glory, the image of his likeness. So today I'm going to talk about the birthing of the vision. To talk about the birthing of the vision, you have to talk about the birth of Christ. It was a, a miraculous instance. It was an immaculate conception. Immaculate just means to be without blemish, to be without flaw, to be perfected. But a miracle can have flaws or we're miracles as we give our life to the Lord. When we repent, we give our life to the Lord. We are considered a miracle. The angels in heaven do rejoice when that takes place, but we're not perfect when that happens. But when God births a vision in us, that vision is immaculate. The vision God has for us is without spot. It's without wrinkle. Our lives tend to dirty that truth or to um, cause that truth to be marred, if you will. And this teaching today is going to help us to bring back into a restoration anointing of getting with the vision that we would manifest greatness in the name of Jesus. So I'm going to recap a little bit about next week. I'm going to take about a minute and a half to do that because I want to deliver a Christmas gift through the birthing of the vision today for everyone in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So the success of the vision is what we discussed last week. And um, I got a call from someone that said, that they wanted me to expound a little bit more. And I did expound with them on the phone about what I meant about Jesus turning the water into wine and how it relayed to Joshua chapter one that says that if we observe to keep the law, that we would have good success and how it was just an anointing to cross over into newness. If you don't understand that we have an anointing to cross over into newness, into a promised land and to possess a particular land, then why even serve the Lord? Why even call on his name? Why pray? Why fast? Why attend church services if you're not possessing anything? That's absolutely insane because the word of God declares that he has come that we might have life more abundantly. And so I'm not a prosperity preacher. I am a partaker of all of the fullness that God has to offer through his anointing and his anointing is royal. He has a royal law. He has a royal attribute. He is matter of fact, he's a king. So I thought about it this morning and the kingly anointing has been the world has tried to do away with it. And so it makes it even harder as we get closer to the end of days for people to understand the royal anointing and the kingly anointing that we have been entitled to as children of God, how he is um, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but he's also released access for us to be a royal priesthood. And so I want to talk about that later on, but right now we're going to talk about the greatness in the vision and how the vision needs to be birthed 
through a miracle. And I talked last week about Jesus turning the water into wine, how it signifies a dispensation of miracles to cross over into the promised land of God, the promises of God. So I'm going to expound on that because the six pots of water represent operation in the spirit. The six pots of wine uh, shows an availability for the body of Christ to transition. And so what God is saying prophetically in this season, we know that you have the spirit of God. We know that God is a good God. We know that God has his hand upon you, but now you have to transition into a greater height. The greatness of that height comes through miracles, comes through the birthing of, um, the birthing of your vision, the birthing of what God has in store for you. It's fine and dandy to be in the presence of the Lord, but what is that presence manifesting? I heard a man of God say recently, he said that he has people that come to him all the time and say that I saw an angel and I saw this and I saw this and that they have all these great and grand encounters with God. And I am so for that I am an encounter buff. Like I won't get out of the presence of God until I have a significant encounter. And um, I have an angelic ministry as well. So I understand that people can have that. But he said that the thing that worries him is when people come to him and he's an apostle. He said, when people come to him and say that, he asked them, okay, so what are you doing with that release? What are you doing with that encounter? Because every heavenly release, every heavenly encounter, every time you speak in tongues, God expects there to be a manifestation in the earth realm. He didn't get the spirit for us the spirit was released as a gift the bible says how much more will your father in heaven release that gift to his children that ask so but the gift is for all people to have an experience so when i have an experience it's for me to share it's for me to impart it's for me to write about for me to expound on everything that we're given is meant to be put back into the earth realm to be released through a system of rain through a system of abundance through a system of fire so that god's kingdom would come on earth and be fulfilled as it is in heaven and so the man of god was saying that he said when you see angels you see this you see that you see that he said every time you see an angel coming in the word of the lord something phenomenal took place he said so don't tell me that you're having all these experiences and you don't have any phenomenal manifestation to back it up so today we're going to talk about the manifestation in the word of god through the birth of jesus so let's get right on into it we have about 20 minutes let's see if we can let's see if we can if we can deliver the birthing of this vision in the name of Jesus. So this is a great word. This is a great word. I'm very excited. I'm very honored because I had the ability and the grace of God to be able to see the birthing of Jesus in a totally different way. I recommend if you have pen and paper to take notes, if you can remember these scriptures, because I'm going to be going back and forth, Old Testament, New Testament. And I want you to listen with your spiritual eye, listen with your spiritual eye, because this teaching is going to deliver a gift a gift to open your eyes to so many things. And I'm going to try to be as clear and concise as possible because I don't want to confuse anyone because God has greatness that he wants us to attain, but we have to understand the vision for our lives. And so once these teachings have been sealed, delivered and decreed, we will begin to operate in works. The next teachings are going to be works. It's going to be hands-on. It's going to be stay in touch so that we can keep an eye wink, wink, keep an eye on what's going on to make sure that the word of God is being manifested on earth as it is in heaven in the name of Jesus, because the vision has, the vision is orchestrated in heaven. The key to re releasing it 
is to see what's happening in heaven. Earth is very different than heaven. Earth is a very different place than heaven. Heaven is a very different place than earth. So you have these people, you, me, everyone um, that's been born through a natural birth. We have to be able to walk in a place that we don't see. We're only ambassadors here on earth, but our citizenship is in heaven. So we have a heavenly citizenship and I'm going to show you how God designed that plan so that we can have a birthing of a vision, just like he birthed Christ. Christ was God's vision. Christ was the overall plan from the foundations, from the beginning foundation. Remember that word. It's going to bring a powerful revelation here in just a second. So the birthing of a vision is a miracle. The birthing of a vision is a miracle. God's original intention was to restore vision back to man. People say the original plan was to restore man back to God. But before you can restore man back to God, you restore vision. He said to walk by faith and not by sight because of what I'm about to share. The vision was tampered with in the beginning of time through Adam and Eve. They had the most beautiful sight as they fellowshiped with God in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3 and 6 says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, okay? When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the tree was good for food, nourishment, um, health, um, manifestation, pleasure, um, satisfaction, appetite. Those are the things that the vision of God will bring you. But the devil came in to the woman. See how she didn't have a name at that point. She didn't have an identity. That's how she was able to be deceived by the enemy. So the vision will make you have clear and concise discernment so that the devil will not deter you like he did. This spirit of deterrence was so powerful in the earth realm, in the sight of God, in the sight of the serpent. God had to chastise three different dispensations, the man, the woman, the serpent. He had to call on the cherubims, remove them out of their place to watch guard. So the system, the cherubims were designed for something completely different. And I'm going to show you how they were going to release a different grace and glory in our lives had this not taken place. So without the vision, the devil will cause you to miss out on the true power and the original plan that God has for your life. It says when the woman saw that the tree was good. She saw, she was seeing, she was seeing, so she could have made a decision. Like I talked about last week, impartation means decision. She had a decision to listen to the enemy or to just observe and wait. Let me see if this is true. So that's what I was talking about last week in Joshua chapter one that says, observe to do all that is written therein. We have to have an observation anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear me very closely. This is very important. This is very significant as we move into the new year. It's very, very vital that we have the vision of God. It was pleasant to the eyes. It was a tree to be desired to make one wise. God intended for us to partake of that tree at a particular point in time, but not that way, not through the lying of the enemy. 
Okay, the devil knew that. He knew everything that the tree was. I'm gonna show you how there were other people involved in this scenario. It wasn't just um, Adam, Eve, and the serpent. There were other entities involved in this in this, in this this um, scenario. It was a tree to make one wise. They took the fruit thereof and they ate it. She gave it to her husband. He did eat. And the eyes of them both were open. Their eyes were open. Their eyes were open. Verse chapter eight, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now we're going to get into some great revelations. Yes, ah, this is so exciting. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool. How can you hear someone walking through? How can you hear a voice walking? They heard the voice of the Lord God walking. You heard God walking. You heard his voice walking. Who has heard a voice walking? In the cool of the day. So the cool, the cool, the cool. Now watch this, you guys. Never forget this. This is powerful. In the cool of the day. The cool of the day. When I first read this the other day, I thought of climate. When you operate in God, when God is doing things, he does so many miraculous, powerful things. He shakes, he turns, he makes loud noises. He calls this to happen. He makes quiet noises. He has a small, still voice. He can cause a rumbling. He can cause fire. He can do whatever he wants. But climate is talked about very rarely, except for when you see a storm, but there's no storm here. This is a beautiful place. This is the garden of Eden. This is the most beautiful place. So he's talking about climate, cool, but guess what it actually means? The climate was life. There's a warm climate. There's a hot climate. There's a cool climate. There's a rainy climate. There's a humid client climate, but this climate was life. Do you understand what I just said? In the garden at this particular time, after they partake had partaken of the fruit that God told them not to partake of, the climate was life because they had already solidified death when they ate that fruit because of a lie that they were told they had no vision. So God said in the cool of the day, meaning life of the day, I'm bringing life. So in verse six, it says the man, now he calls him Adam. Now he's speaking to his identity, Adam and his wife, who still has no name at this point. She's still just the wife. They hid themselves. They hid themselves. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So now we're talking about sight, ladies and gentlemen, this is very important. If you hide, you don't want to be seen. So God is wrestling with sight as he's created these two people to be grand, to be great. The devil comes in and lies. The serpent has beguiled them. So God is not necessarily dealing with the human flesh, with the human, um, you know, spiritual understanding. He's really dealing with vision because God said, I created this and I saw that it was good. I created that and I saw that it was good. I created this man and I want to see them as good, but I can't see them as good. So now I have to change the plan. So let's skip down to the New Testament and talk about the gift of God and how God created Jesus as a restorative anointing, as a restoration miracle, as an immaculate conception for us to get gain our vision because our vision has been blurred because of evil in the world. But God wants us to have clear sight. He wants us to have foresight. He wants us to have an understanding of his will. He designed a gift for mankind that would be released as restoration. He wants to restore not only man back to himself, we can be restored back to God through salvation, but most importantly, our vision has to be restored because the vision is the first thing that was taken. The vision is the first thing that was taken. So the restoration, miraculous, immaculate conception is named Jesus. 
He's the gift. He's the promise. There must be an immaculate conception in your vision, meaning the vision that God gives you for your life through Jesus, through his birth, through his burial, through his resurrection, he's releasing restoration. It must be without flaw. It must be without blemish. It must be perfected. That's what immaculate means. That's why they call the, the conception of Christ immaculate because there's nothing that could be done to hinder it. There's nothing that could be done to change it. There's nothing that could be done to destroy it. He is Lord. He has a restoration anointing that could not be killed. So the vision that God has given you for your life to make you walk in a realm of greatness cannot be destroyed. The devil can come and blur your vision, but the vision was established in heaven before the foundations of the earth, before you were formed. I've been doing a lot of reading and study on the word formed and what that actually means and how the creative glory is different than the formation glory. The creative glory must come together with the formation. I can form anything in this house that I want to and cause it to do anything that I want it to do. But until I put a creative anointing on it, it will not fulfill the vision. It'll just be formed. So God puts the creative vision on it to cause it to manifest greatness, miracles, miraculous signs and wonders, just like his first miracle was turning that water into wine. And that signified a crossing over. So we have to cross over into the understanding through vision. That's what Joshua was talking about when I discussed last week about observing. So there are three designs of the miraculous birth of your vision that you need to walk in to manifest greatness. Number one is repentance. Luke chapter one, verse 13 says, the angel said unto him, we're talking about Zacharias, who's the father of John the Baptist. Okay. John the Baptist represents repentance. So the first miracles that began came to form an order. First repentance. First, we need to get Elizabeth pregnant. We need to give birth to repentance, to the anointing of repentance. That was John before the anointing of salvation, before your gift, before your vision is saves you. You have to repent to be able to see it coming. So John was given birth was given to John. The Bible says he will be filled with the Holy ghost from the mother's womb. So the, before the vision is even born, God will put the spirit of God on it, that it would become a miracle. It will have the Holy ghost on it from the beginning, but you have to be able to see that you have to be able to understand that you have to be able to walk in that. So Zacharias was already a lineage of, of, of protecting an altar, protecting repentance, protecting the temple of God. He was in good standing with God him and Elizabeth. So they had already walked out and lived out the position they needed to be in to see this vision come to pass. Keep in mind, the vision is the grace of God. It's the favor of God. It's the gift of God for your life to cause you to walk in greatness. It's the gift. It's the gift that God is giving you. Zacharias and Elizabeth were old in age. They could not have any children. So God says, I'm going to release a twofold miracle. I'm going to give you to elder people that cannot bear children, a child, but then I'm going to take that child and use it for my glory and cause an anointing of repentance to be born into the earth realm. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And then the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord. So God said, I'm going to turn the people of God back into myself through your gift. This is your vision, Felicia. This is your business. Um, Susan, you know, Ralph, this is your gift, but I'm going to take it and use it. So I need you to see what I'm doing. So the number, there are three operative anointings that need to be manifest in order to have a miraculous vision be birthed. The repentance, we just discussed that number two is 
finding. The Bible says in Luke chapter one, verse 29, there's an anointing to find. You have to find, you have to search. It says when she saw him, here it is again. Now the Bible says that when Eve saw that the fruit was good, now they're saying Mary saw the angel. She was troubled just like Eve was troubled. Now God is reversing it. Now Mary is troubled, but Mary is being visited by an angel. Eve was visited by the serpent. So these two dynamics of sight are, are banging against each other. They're wrestling against each other because God is trying to bring restoration. So now Mary sees the angel who's coming to tell you, you're about to birth greatness. You're about to birth Jesus, the King of Kings. She was troubled saying, she cast her mind, what manner of salutation shall this be? She didn't know what was happening, but her being of the lineage of Joseph and Jacob and having a lineage, of the people of God, she knew that you can be visited and it can be either good or evil. So she was perceiving, she was watching the angel and she was listening to see, is this God? What is going on? Is this evil? Is this good? Who is this person? The angel said unto her, fear not Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. So we have to find favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And so she conceived right there. She conceived right then. So the miraculous conception will happen. God will birth in you a newness, a greatness. He will confirm it. He'll send a confirmation, but you have to give birth to that thing. The devil is going to wrestle with it. Now watch this. You find favor also, which is a gift. It's endued with special honor. It causes you to be highly favored. So the favor of God will rest upon that vision, upon that gift, and he will cause it to be birthed. He will cause the vision to be birthed, but he has a special service for that gift. That gift, that vision, the vision is a gift. It will have a calling on it, an expectation. You don't just get the vision and manifest the vision for yourself. God wants to use it, like I spoke, in, spoke of earlier, as a twofold anointing. Proverbs 17 and 8 says, a gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that has it. Wherever it turns, it prospers. So when God gives you that vision, you have to be able to see in the eyes of him that has it. The gift is precious in the eyes. You have to be able to see this is a precious gift. And wherever I turn this gift, it's going to prosper me. It's going to bring me to greatness. It's going to bring me to a place of fulfillment. The Bible says, it came to pass in those days, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Now, this same decree represents the same decree that the devil tried to put on Adam and Eve when he told them to take um, to partake of the fruit. So the taxing means I'm going to tax the work of God. I'm going to make it hard on the plan of God. I'm going to make it very, very strenuous on the spirit of God to manifest in the earth realm. So not only am I going to tax the people, but I'm going to also declare that the sons shall be killed. Everyone under the age of two. Now that's a whole nother story, but the enemy will come to try to kill your vision, kill your gift, kill your greatness, kill your potential. But that's not happening in the name of Jesus because God has already spoken. Like you heard the voice walking in in life. So the voice of God is walking in the garden of your life, speaking, declaring that the vision would be seen through the reordering of things, through the restructuring of things, because the enemy has done this in your life and he's caused that to happen. And your sickness has caused this and your famine has caused that and poverty has caused this and disruption and family members and death and sorrow and pain. But God says, I have a plan of restoration. He shall be born. His name shall be called Jesus. And he's going to be a miraculous conception. You don't see him coming, but I'm declaring it today that it will come and manifest greatness in your life if you have the eyes to see. 
Mary was the espoused wife of Joseph. She wasn't even married yet, but she finds herself pregnant. She finds herself giving birth. There are some things you think it's not time for the Lord to deliver in your life, but God said that it will be delivered. The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. So God is going to accomplish a set time, a set date. And that's what a mandate is. It's the date for the man to fulfill the promises of God. So there's a mandate that God is speaking prophetically right now that I'm birthing the vision in you for greatness. But you have to be able to see, you have to be able to remove the scales from your eyes and see what the Lord is doing. For this is a time of greatness, saith the Lord. This is a time of true fulfillment, saith God. For the eyes of your understanding have been enlightened that you would understand the hope of my calling said God move forward in victory move forward in the unction that I will reveal to you as I walk through the garden of life as I'm walking in the cool of the day I'm breathing life the ruach breath the cool of the day is the breath of life that's being blown on you saith the Lord act therein move therein act I'm sorry. Ask and it shall be given, saith the Lord. Ask and it shall be fulfilled, saith the Lord. For this is the time that my vision shall be fulfilled in your life in the name of Jesus. God is saying that we need to move, have our being, be unshakable, be unmovable, continue to abound in the word of the Lord and move in swiftness in this season, said God. Move in clarity, said God. God said, I'm delivering a gift as a vision. The gift I give to you in this season will be vision. Your eyes will be open, saith the Lord. The enemy has closed your eyes, but your eyes will be open to what I am doing in this time and in this season, saith God. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end it right there. There's so much more. Um, I want to talk about the spy anointing, the ability to spy and to see what's going, what's going to happen in your next land and your next promise to have foresight on that particular movement. And, um, I'm going to talk about the spy anointing that happened in the old Testament with Joshua, um, and Moses and, um, how they were able to possess, but there were some spies in the new Testament. And I'm going to reveal to who those spies were in the new Testament. They were able to see, um, the spirit of God in operation and the will of God in operation. I hope that everyone enjoyed this. I had a, a pleasure sharing it. I hope that everyone is able to grasp the res, res, revelation and run into a resolution for your vision and be able to fulfill the greatness God has for your life in the name of 